This podcast is an examination of the historical research of William Branham and his message cult following. William Branham was a minister in the gambling town of Jeffersonville, Indiana, just across the river from Louisville, Kentucky, as early as 1933. He came in contact with the Reverend Roy E. Davis, an official spokesperson for the 1915 Ku Klux Klan, and later Imperial Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan. Davis introduced Branham to the Pentecostal faith and the art of faith healing, which would later be introduced into Branham's stage persona as he took his place among the evangelists in the post-World War II healing revival. Branham is credited by some as being a catalyst for the Latter Rain Movement and Jim Jones of People's Temple. This podcast is not sympathetic to the views of the Ku Klux Klan that William Branham held, but it is disturbing and warrants research. This podcast is an examination of that research. You can find more about this research and other topics on the website william-branham.org. Join us as we turn back the pages of time and examine the controversial issues of William Branham and his message. The idea of teetotalism in the church was growing popular during Branham's early ministry. Having just come out of prohibition, some of the larger groups of denominational Christians considered this movement to be some sort of reformation in the church. It was not new to William Branham. In fact, teetotalism itself dates back to 1833. The word teetotaler comes from a speech by Dickie Turner, a member of the Preston Temperance Society. He said, I'll read down out and out teetotal forever and ever. The stuttering T's were a hit, and people began to call themselves teetotalers. Teetotalers. But the origin of this belief itself dates back way further than 1833. As the early church was growing, Gnostics started to incorporate pagan worship into their belief system. Though Jesus Christ himself drank wine, even at the Last Supper, and though Jesus Christ died for their sins, they wanted to earn their salvation by abstaining from meats and drinks. Even today, many false religions or religious cults try to earn their salvation through works righteous faith. Islam, Buddhism, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which are the Mormons, the Seventh-day Adventists, Amish, Old Order Mennonites, Conservative Mennonites, International Society for Krishna Consciousness, and many more abstain from alcohol. And this is strikingly odd when you consider the use of wine and strong drink all throughout the Bible. Jesus himself was called a wine-bibber, and he drank wine at the Last Supper with his disciples. Even King David would tell his army of thousands to sober up a week before battle. Even though it got them into trouble whenever they overindulged, many men in the Bible drank strong drink. For this reason, Paul instructed the church to avoid drunkenness. Everything must be done in moderation. It's also ironic 
that there were those in the Old Testament that abstained from strong drink, even though God told them to do it. They thought that they could create a better way of righteousness through the commandment that was given by their ancestors, and God used this very thing as an example to show just how evil the people were. Jeremiah 35. The word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord in the days of Jochim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah. Go into the house of the Rechabites and speak to them and bring them to the house of the Lord. Bring them to the temple. Into one of the chambers, then offer them wine to drink. Now, how does this fit with your theology? God spoke to Jeremiah and told them to drink wine in the temple of God. He says, as thus saith the Lord, tell the people to drink wine. And he sent his prophet, Jeremiah, to offer it to them. Jeremiah says, So I took Josaniah the son of Jeremiah, son of Hazaniah, and his brothers and all his sons, and the whole house of the Rechabites. And I brought them into the house of the Lord, into the chamber of the sons of Hanan, the son of Jaldea, the man of God, which was near to the chamber of officials. He took them deep into the temple, to the holy places. He says, <clears throat> Then I set before the Rechabites pitchers of wine, full of wine and cups, and I said, drink wine. This is God's prophet, Jeremiah, sitting in the temple of God, telling these people to drink wine. But they answered, we will drink no wine, for Jonadab, the son of Rechab, our father, commanded us, you shall drink no wine, neither your sons, forever. These were teetotalers. God told Jeremiah to offer the Rechabites wine to drink. God instructed Jeremiah to tell them to drink the wine. Jeremiah filled pitchers, poured them into cups, deep into the temple, in the inner chambers. And he told them to drink it. And they told the prophet of God, No, we will not drink. They said that their father had told them to abstain from not only wine, but from anything to do with wine. Rechab had told them, and Jeremiah writes, You shall not build a house, you shall not sow seed, you shall not plant or have a vineyard, but you will live in tents all your days. The father was telling them to live like the Levites, the priesthood. He says, you will live in tents all your days that you may live many days in the land where you sojourn. We obeyed the house of Jonabab and the son of Rechab, our father, and all that he commanded us to drink no wine all of our days, ourselves, our wives, our sons, our daughters, and not to build houses to dwell in. We have no vineyard, no field, no seed. But we have lived in tents and have obeyed all that Jonabab, our father, commanded us. But when Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, came up against the land, we said, Come, let us go to Jerusalem for fear of the Chaldeans and the army of the Syrians. So we're living in Jerusalem. Now they were breaking the rule 
but they were living according to what their father had commanded them. And this is the days of King Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the same time when Daniel was prophesying. William Branham said that there were no two major prophets on the scene at the same time, yet here we have it. And one of the prophets is telling the people to drink wine. What part of this book did William Branham read? God was very angry with Judah and Jerusalem. They had taken the words of a man, Jonabab, over the word of God. They used the words of a man for their own righteousness. Jonadab was well respected, but the words of God were not obeyed. Like today, many people were obeying the words of a man over the word of God. Jeremiah continues, Then the word came, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. Thus says the Lord of hosts, The God of Israel, go to the people of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and say, Will you not receive the instruction and listen to my words? This is a prophet who just told the people to drink wine, and they refused. And the very next thing, God sends them and say, Why don't you listen to me? But there's more to the story than this. The command that Jonadab, the son of Rechab, gives to his sons to drink no wine has been kept. They're keeping this commandment of man. But God says, They drink none to this day, for they have obeyed their father's command. But I, God, have spoken to them persistently, and you've not listened to me. It's okay for a man to give a commandment. And if people want to live their lives by it, that's fine. But God is saying, why are you listening to this man when you don't even listen to me? I'm God. <clears throat> Works righteous faith has always been evil. Before Christ, there was sacrifice through the blood of the Lamb. It atoned for men's sins. Men could not add laws to the Old Covenant and earn their way into righteousness. Only through the blood of the Lamb. The same goes for today. Only through the blood of the Lamb, Jesus Christ, can we be righteous. <clears throat> God says, I have sent to you all of my servants the prophets, sending them persistently, saying, Turn every one of you from his evil way, and amend your deeds. And do not go after other gods and serve them, and then you shall dwell in the land that I gave you and your fathers. But they kept doing it. They kept falling into idolatry over and over and over. Their way was not working. And God was telling them, Why listen to the words of a man? Listen to me. I'm God. <clears throat> the sons of Jonadab and the sons of Rechab have kept the commandment that their father gave them, but this people has not obeyed me. Therefore, says the Lord God of hosts, Behold, I am bringing down upon Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem the disaster that I have pronounced against them, because I have spoken to them, and they have not listened. I have called to them, and they have not answered. 
They thought they had a better way. Think of it. God was turning his wrath upon them, his own people. Because they did not obey God, God said they would severely be punished. The Rechabites obeyed their father. The children of Israel should have obeyed their father. God used them as an example for the mercy. God gave them as an example for the wrath. God took these people that refused the wine in the temple and made them an example of all things. Before the prophet and in the temple of the Lord, they were found to be a faithful example to their earthly father. God used them as an example for the children of Israel so that they would obey the heavenly father. God showed them that they should take the father's words over some man. He says, But to the house of the Rechabites, Jeremiah said, Thus says the Lord of hosts and the God of Israel, Because you have obeyed Jonadab your father, and kept his precepts and all that he's commanded you, therefore the Lord of hosts will give mercy to Jonadab the son of Rechab, and shall never lack a man to stand before me. They were set up as an example for obeying your father. Just like God wanted the example of the children of Israel to obey the heavenly father. As Christians, we should ask ourselves, are we like the people of Judah? Are we serving the rules of some man for our holiness? Are we focusing on this example of a man? Are we focusing on Jesus Christ? <clears throat> Are we doing what this entire story is telling us? Are we focusing our means of salvation on our Father? Do we really think that the rules given by any man, rules that are not even in the Bible, can save us from hell fires? And do we place this man's idea of holiness equal to the Word of God? Why else do they call this the voice of God or the spoken word? Because they have taken what's up here in heavenly places and they're trying to take a man and lift him up there at the same place and you can't do it. It's the words of a man. Is God pleased that we focused on a man after he loved us enough to send his only son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation? How many of you would care enough for the world to send your only son and let him be beaten and abused and murdered in the worst possible way just to save this lost and dying world? Where does your obedience lie? To God or to man? Oh.